Hello, everyone. This is Access Chat. And today we are um, without Neil because Neil is out looking for a house. He just, they just realized that the house he was in got sold and they got to find a new house. So Neil's out doing that. But um, Antonio is with me and also Alexandra is with me, who happens to be a colleague of Antonio and Neil. So Alexandra, do you mind telling the audience about who you are and um, a little bit about your background? Yes, thank you. So I'm Alexandra Nutnagel. So today, uh, as you mentioned, I'm a colleague of Antonio and Neil because I work uh, for Atos as Assistant Program Manager for the Global Accessibility and the, the Digital Inclusion Governance. And uh, also uh, take care of the program management of our ICT for Inclusion Challenge. So that's really great. So I'm very happy that I have this job today, which is about my passion, like accessibility and disability inclusion. But this was not always like this. I mean, I had to discover this field by myself being yeah, concerned <laughs> as I um, yeah as I went through my 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 career. So initially, I got trained uh, in Frankfurt University as biochemist. And at the time, and already as a pupil, I knew I wanted to do science. So now I end up working for an IT company. <laughs> so might look. So this is uh, is not incompatible. So also, um, I got lucky and got the support in, inside the company to be also a member of our scientific community and working on something else, which is really great. It's augmented human and scoreboard strike for us. And this is linked to our initial training. So biochemist and um, you know, research time in neuro neurobiology, which I did. And yeah, I don't wow. know how much I should go into detail. Well, but really, I just... Like, <laughs> You, you, um, and you know what? We didn't do visual descriptions. I forgot to do that, but I am a white older woman with gray and purple hair. And I have a background um, about Billion Strong because I'm so excited about Billion Strong. Um, and I, I, I keep forgetting Alexandra to do a description, but I think it's really helpful for the audience, especially the audience members that can't see. But so I want you to give us a visual description, but also... I, I was wondering, because I know we were talking about it before we got on air, um, your journey to get here, Alexandra, that is a fascinating journey. You're obviously a brilliant woman, and Atos is lucky to have such a brilliant woman, but you didn't take a, a direct path here. You went all over. <laughs> you have a very interesting path to where you got to. So I was wondering if you would just explore, you know, how, you know, a little bit more about your education and how you move. How did you get to ATOS? Because it seemed like there was a lot of synchronicities to get you where you are now. So completely right. So thank you for reminding me on the visual description that I also did. Being excited, yes, uh, I shouldn't have forgotten that it happens uh, again. And so I appreciate you mention. So I'm, you know, uh, I would say, like, you would like to say girl, but yeah, it's because I look quite young. I'm, I mean, I'm in my you 30s. You do look young. <laughs> very young. You I, look I, about, yeah, in your... Congratulations. I have long hair. I wear uh, black uh, business clothes today as I'm at work. And okay. yeah, I, uh, yeah, I have... I don't know how to describe myself more. Uh, brown, brown eyes, and I am yeah, smiling, happy that I could join you today. Thank you. And we would say beautiful and long, long, beautiful hair. So, 
but it's always interesting also how people choose to describe themselves. Yes, true. Because I, I always find it interesting what they're going to what they're going to choose to define, you know. So anyway. Yes. And, and for my background, I have a mix out of space because I, I like the space. So I'm interested. I love in. space too. Yes. And you have such an interesting scientific and technological background. And of course, technology is science, right? In yes. a lot of ways. So it's fascinating how you put this all together. And once again, got to ATO. So let's talk about that. And then I know um, Antonio has a question too. Yes, and so in school I got really passionate about going not going to the lab because learning about biology and especially parasites, malaria parasites at that time, I, I couldn't just imagine how you know a cell can be so powerful and do many things and wanted to understand, ask many questions, and this in school was not possible. So at that time I got a, a scholarship for a program from German Cancer Research Center, which is for crazy people like me that love to do science outside of school. <laughs> leisure activity. And so I met several times a week with people to work on molecular biology and also on, on protein structure definition with NM, NMR. Uh, so it's nuclear magnetic resonance. So it helps you to, let's say, visualize with technology, which is key here also, uh, yeah, molecules and their structures. So this was like a first touch, let's say, on how to understand biology with technology. It was NMR and it was also microscopy because I love to look at things. I'm very visual. And so obviously I love taking pictures and in science, taking pictures is mostly about microscopy and looking into the very small things and the smallest ones. And so I, I really got a lot of support on doing these things, which were far more interesting than school. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the one coming late to school in the morning because I didn't sleep because I read too many things, which are far too detailed for school. <laughs> and so yeah, my, my teachers got quite annoyed sometimes because I was late in school and tired. And yeah, it's linked to, to this yeah, very specific interest. I nevertheless was mostly of the time good. But yeah. then for the technology part is... In the field that I've worked with, I had to program machines to do the science I wanted to do. So it's machine language, but for sure also you need to do a lot of data analysis because in yeah, many science fields, you produce data to do your science, but you need to know how to analyze them. So you need programs, you need to put them very specifically to your needs. And so you, you end up, if you want to do it end-to-end -end yourself, you end up programming. It's not possible to not do it. And um, even when I started to be interested in industry, which happened because I thought, okay, science is nice, there's basic science in universities, but there's also the science in industry. And I wanted to get that part open. So I learned about finances and also in finances in the first year, you will end up doing informatics for finance. So it's everywhere. So obviously I was always interested in learning more about informatics and it did most as an autodidact. Um, yeah, and then uh, from Germany to France, one one time I yeah, had this, the, the the opportunity to either continue just studying informatics, which I really wanted to do, or do a thesis, a research scholarship for three years, and this was what I decided to do. Look more more exciting than just studying to really work in a lab, and so I moved in 2018 with a Marie Curie scholarship to Paris. And worked in, in in one of the best schools that France has, yeah. To, today on on biology, I, I worked on neuroscience, so 
in the past I did most yeah, most was linked by technology. I did many different topics, but the link was always the technology. So producing a lot of microscopy data, uh, producing yeah, technologically data. And so I had to analyze them. And during the three years of thesis, I mean, there was something that I had to do manually, looking at all these images and analyzing them just manually. And this was where I thought, stop, yeah, something which should be different and programming should maybe be better. So I tried to get partnerships. I tried to program more myself. And I was told that this is not my role. This is not possible. And doing the way manually I should do was making me very sleepy. So <laughs> I was talking about my, I mean, if you look at, I mean, you have so to you mention, bored. And I had to, just to say, I had to count cells manually clicking on them, thousands of cells wow, to say, wow. are they green, red, or bluish? <laughs> it's it's something which is very repetitive, and it's something which may make everyone sleep. But I assure you, Alexandra is going to go to sleep for sure. <laughs> and so there you was some real issue. Alexandra. Yeah. And yeah, so there was some real issue in the way of analyzing data. So I accumulated a lot of data and produced more because I had to. And I mean, there was some 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 real issue, and this issue got to a point that I worked far too much, far too late, far too long, trying to keep up with this manual work. And, and yeah, let's say it didn't work. So finally, I had a lot of research data that I wanted to publish, but for sure, no one else than me wanted to sleep on this data and count this data. And yeah, technology was not ready, or the team, let's say, we were not ready to do all these analysis non-manually. It was just not the way to do it's the way to do. I was told it's manually. Everyone else besides Alexander seemed to be able to do this way. I was not. And <laughs> it's a discussion about maybe also the way of culture and the standards of research work. But anyhow, the ways of how research was done in the field that I was in, I was kind of incompatible with. Right? And then again, there was the way of writing and analyzing and doing a lot of things and it was not aligned with my way of doing it, the way of how science ecosystem would expect me to do. So, yeah. And, and, so yeah. what, is it, what was yeah. your next step after that? When you realized that where you were with your really curious mind, you know, you're trying to keep advancing and now somebody has stepped right in your way. And I tried to get help. And today, if I look back, I would think that I was trying to understand how to get uh, accessibility for me <laughs> happening on, I mean, how to use tools and to make uh, work accessible, sorry, for me on, on, uh, uh, yeah, the, the, the task that usually might be done in another way. And this was quite kind of blocking that it was not existing. I tried to find out what's wrong. If it, is it really like me? So all these investigations ended up in some medical analysis, let's say, which gave me the stamp that I may be too sick to do it. And that, let's say it's not my mistake, but that I'm disabled, which for me was kind of unacceptable because never I was at the barrier, which would have made me thought that I am disabled, which at this time was just unimaginable to me because I, and I did school, I did many things, and it was just... You're brilliant. Easy. How can you be disabled? It doesn't even make sense, right? 
Uh, it didn't make any sense to me. It didn't make any sense. But nevertheless, I mean, it turns out that uh, going to neurologists and uh, hospitals, uh, which I had to do at some point because I tried to overwork and overwork and compensate what I didn't get helped in another way. And yeah, so at this point, it's, it was really frustrating because I couldn't do myself. I had to go on sick leave. I was really, really tired. And then I mean, the diagnosis just said, okay, Alexandra, you have a chronic rare disease being really sleepy. I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, I was... Um, <laughs> is it so, like... So, Alexandra. Yeah. So, let, let me just uh, interrupt to, to, for, for, for us to uh, understand part of your journey because I think... I think that that your last comment can 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 give us that you know, uh, bridge to 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 the next chapter of our conversation here on 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 access. Chat. So I'm Antonio. I'm wearing uh, glasses. I have gray, brown, gray hair. I, I would say so, and 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 brown <laughs> eyes. And I'm also I'm dressed in in black as well, uh, joining from Cork, uh, Ireland. So how did that? Uh, how did your personal journey brought you into where you are today? How? Uh, uh, what's the link between the two? And the, the link obviously is the personal. I mean, the personal journey, right? And discovering first as very far. I mean, this is disability. Not seeing myself inside, reading about people having this disease, saying, "Okay, they can't do this, they can't do that." But that's not me. Not recognizing me in this part, and then at some point, learning with everything I found in my my, my surrounding, that okay, yes, I'm part of this group. It doesn't mean that you can't do, uh, yeah, that, that you can't do things. It's just you may do them differently, and that there are limits that I didn't recognize before, where I really need to accept some help or to convince people that I do it differently, right? And so um, this help came in France from from an association that I met in a very funny way. It's it's really interesting. It's about who you meet by chance sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I was really tired in the evening and alone, I mean, I left from Germany to do research. I was in the lab all the time. I mean, I'm the geek lady that goes to the lab. I do my work. I may not even smile when I meet people on my way because I'm too concentrated. I forget about it. I will leave the lab at two or three at night. I'm quite happy that I did see myself all day long, right? And so I didn't make a lot of friends. But what happened once I left early to go home because I was diagnosed sick, so I had to leave at 5 p.m. I started to have kind of a life which was empty, not having friends, not being integrated. And so I started to dance because if the only thing you can do, if you cannot work alone sitting on a PC or being active running around in the lab, is sleeping, then you might wish to not sleep and move. So I I started to dance every night. And in these dancing classes that, I mean, it was not dancing in disco, it was really classes of dancing and swing in this case, I met people that asked me, why are you so sad? Why are you so frustrated? What's happening? So I told them my story. And one day there was a lady working for an association from with students with disabilities that told me, hey, let's, let's have a call. We can help you. And so this association took care of explaining me all the context, getting me help to do some papers, getting me in trainings. Get, I, I met a lot of other people that are like me, <laughs> which I didn't consider exist before. I felt just weird and alone. But then yeah, there were all these other amazing people that became my friends. And so this association tried to help me yeah, 
get my thesis done, which finally didn't work. But when I was unemployed, they also helped me to find other solutions. So they explained to me that I have a lot of qualities that I didn't know that I have, that I can work in IT. And so they had some employer meetings. It's called Tandy Cafe, where I could meet the different employers which are open to employ people that yeah, uh, uh, have this, yeah, recognized disabilities, which at this time then I got with their help, right? And so that's how I met Atos. And so I just said, okay, I wanted to learn how to program. I don't really like the way university works. I like to produce things. I like to do things. I like to be quick. So why not try and do informatics and programming, which I was missing to help me during my research career? Why not do it myself and learn how companies work with IT? And okay, so Atos gave me a chance to, to learn it in three months and I took it. And this was quite amazing because when I started, I told them, oh, the course starts at nine in the morning. Oh, this is quite difficult because I don't wake up before 12. How do we do? And others didn't say no. They just said, okay, we find a way. We call the, the course and so on. So yes, Alexandra started to do a course. I came late by noon. Everyone was annoyed because everyone had to be on time. And in addition, I went to go to sleep on the floor while we had classes when I was tired. And it worked because... It was communicated and the people around me, they helped me and said, okay, we explain you again. If you didn't miss, I had a little bit more time to do my exams. I did the exams and at the end of three months, I was there with the others at nine at time. <laughs> and yeah, I just did great. And so I worked for several years in Atos, but uh, yeah, with our clients, always having in mind the, the part of accessibility. So ask questions, I documented myself about it and I proposed it to our clients and I was wondering who's going to do that for all the company, who are the people. And so that's how I met Neil uh, one day uh, speaking about this topic. And especially uh, as and you can imagine, I had not the way to succeed in science as a researcher. But being a researcher, what does this mean? I detected a problem. There's barriers that are not addressed. Okay, when I asked in my scholarship program to Marie Curie, how about researchers with disabilities? Don't you have some extra funding so I can do longer? Can't we do have yeah, more time? Because I had to stop after three years. There was no additional funding for first year of thesis. So, okay, you're slower. You have a disability with more time, needs more money, needs more cost because people in, in biology, we have to be paid to be insured in the lab. You cannot just work as a volunteer. You need to have a solid contract. And the contract needs money. And there was no money. And it was not foreseen. So yes, as a researcher, I said, there's some issue. It seems there's nothing foreseen. Okay, let's do it. So I created an initiative and I asked for support from associations from Marie Curie alumni. So it's people that like me have or had a scholarship. And I just asked, can you help me to make this visible? Can you help me to create this initiative and edit? And as well, the association that helped me to get a job with others, we created a common joint initiative to help students in research address the issues with disabilities and yeah, do inclusive culture change, which is extremely necessary in that field because research today, it's about excellence and exclusiveness. It's about... Mm -hmm. The very best, and this is not quite yeah, compatible. Excluding that, yeah. So, yes. Alexandra, how did it feel to meet someone like Neil that looked at you and realized 
that how talented you were and how much value you could provide to a billion dollar company like Atos. Mm, I was really critical at the beginning because as I was open to him about my journey, as I was with you now in this call, it's my question was, but I really want to be sure that I'm not qualified to do this job because I have identified myself being disabled because I am for mainstreaming. I, I really think it's a key to to change culture and to to make the good actions in, in, in our field for disability inclusion. But I didn't want to feel valued myself just because <laughs> I have lived it. I really wanted to be sure with myself and with my, my boss <laughs> and with the company that it's something that I have the qualifications for to do. And right. yeah. Uh, and you know, the reality is Alexandria, Alexandra, I'm ch changed your name, is that um, corporations all over the world are seeking you. They want you so bad, but they don't realize you exist, for example, right? You're like a unicorn, a qualified, talented, very smart woman, scientist that also proudly has a lived experience with disabilities. And so, but it sure was hard to get to where you got to. It was so hard and it shouldn't be that hard for everybody. Go ahead, Anton. Uh, something that I, uh, no, something that uh, I've been uh, uh, someone that looks in, in, into, the, into the topic of talent. Uh, I, I do believe that uh, organizations uh, sometimes are too lazy waiting for someone to apply to work. Uh, while they should be more proactive themselves, like looking for talent in different areas uh, of society. They need to be more proactive in order to find ways that their talent reflects the society where they live, because that's where their customers they serve are. So I think it's very important for organizations to be more active and be, and be more sensitive, to, to have a more proactive uh, 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 way of looking and searching for talent instead of just waiting for someone who can send a CV. I think this proactivity is very important in order to improve diversity of organizations. Yes, completely. And the, the proactivity is, is really, really important. And I mean, this is what at least happened in, in my case. I think where I was, it was so bad. I mean, as you mentioned, I didn't know about my qualities anymore. I, I mean, after sending hundreds of CVs and applications and research in the field, and you always have to get the feedback like, ah, oh, but you didn't make this, you didn't succeed this. And even if it was great before, I mean, it's like, looks all broken, right? And then someone saying, oh, there's talent. Let's speak about what you know to do, what you like to do, and then helping I mean, to identify what is possible. Because sometimes the candidate might not even know that he could send a CV, which was my case. I didn't know that I can work in IT. If there wouldn't have been companies, that, there's, there's other companies doing it, but explaining that scientists in general with and without disability have a high value to work in industry, which is not pharmaceutical, if they come from biology. biology. This, this was is completely unclear for most of the students. So what I didn't say yet is... Um, all my career, I was interested and passionate about networking and about soft skill trainings and about how um, yeah, the group that I had around me can support itself to do 
the best way possible. So I was always in student associations. Um, also in the Young European Biotech Network I had for three years, um, I was an executive board in the direction. And there exactly the, the students learn how to engage with companies, but we are looking as the community of students in science, we are looking for companies that are proactive to engage with the, the young talents to help them see what they can bring to the company and how they can build a career because there's a huge gap on how to promote talent and, and find the right orientation. It's, it's kind of, there's some, yeah, there's some, some hole of information and yeah. uh, either the student looks for it. And so the brilliant ones that look for it, get it, but there might be some that are just shy and that I agree. Are really brilliant. Through the cracks. The cracks. Okay. I agree. I agree. Well, I, I think we could talk to you all day. You are just so amazing. And I'm so glad you found your way to our community and because we need your leadership. So uh, we want to make sure that we thank our sponsors, um, our supporters, uh, Barclays Access, MyClearText, and uh, MicroLink. We sure appreciate that y'all support us and keep us on the air. And Alexandra, we're hoping that you'll come back on in the future because the work that you're doing is so important to our field. And I know that I'm hoping you'll also join me on Billion Strong because we need youth leaders like you, Alexandra, to help drive, drive us forward. You know, maybe you thought society knew all the answers, but you definitely are understanding after your walk, we don't. So we need really smart, talented people like you um, to lead us forward. And kudos to Atos and to Neil for realizing, you know, how brilliant you were and bringing you on. So I'm happy with that. Um, Alexandra, before we uh, go off the air, I want to give you the last words. If you want to say, I mean, if, if, you know, if you think about what do you want to say to other young people that are trying to find their place, even though they're neurodiverse and society's telling them they're broken. It's ridiculous. Yes. I, I, it's what I didn't mention. I mean, I'm rather part of, if I would describe myself, look at me at the zebra, right? <laughs> I didn't right. say that. Right. But, right. Yes. But yes. So um, I, I guess what I would really wish to share is a mes message, which I also shared uh, when I met students recently in a conference. It's it's a um, it's a common journey, right? The 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 way to success is um, responsibility of both sides. I mean, you can say yes, companies need to be proactive, but also we need to be proactive. And this is also for yeah for the disability field. It's like to take it into account. It's a common a common journey. It's like yeah, learn about yourself, what you can do on your side, and learn to accept that there might be something that the other side can bring you. And if they don't know, just help them to find it, and ask for it. Wow, that's really, really good advice. Very good advice. So thank you, Alexandra. Thank, thank you. you so much to our supporters, to our community. And we hope Neil finds a great house. So thanks, everyone. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me here.